The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to Core Web Vitals Week on the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk to a search industry innovator about what the launch of Core Web Vitals means for SEOs. Joining us today is Marcus Tober, who's the founder and chief evangelist of Searchmetrics. Since founding the company 15 years ago, Marcus has guided Searchmetrics' technology strategies and was the driving force behind building their data science organization. And today, Marcus and I are going to talk about studying core web vitals and what he's learned from digging deep in the topic. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings, and AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, on with the show. Here's the first part of my conversation with Marcus Tober, founder and chief evangelist at Searchmetrics. Marcus, hey Ben. welcome to Core Web Vitals Week on the Voices of Search podcast. Good to see you again. And I'm super happy that we have the podcast again. I mean, with all the stuff coming up with the Core Web Vitals. Always uh, an honor and a privilege to have you as a guest, to have the, the founder of our presenting sponsor. It means a lot that you make time to be our guest on the show. And I know that you've been digging into Core Web Vitals. It's the topic that's on everyone in the SEO community's mind right now. We've got the upcoming release from Google, and we've got some new metrics to take a look at, to optimize, and, and honestly to figure out what they really mean. You've been spending a lot of time studying Core Web Vitals. I know we talked about this before on the podcast, but Give us an overview of, of some of the research that you've been doing. What have you been up to related to Core Web Vitals? 
Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good question. So, I mean, when Google first introduced the Core Web Vitals, we all knew that there is some bigger scheme behind the release of these Core Web Vitals. And in November last year, Google announced that they will um, use the Core Web Vitals in their ranking algorithm starting in May this year. So now, I mean, as we approach May uh, super fast, Google is actually releasing more and more information about what the core web vitals are, how they're using it, how they're measuring it. And now the, the not just the SEO industry, I would say everybody who deeply cares about his web performance and is, is uh, depending on, on web traffic takes a deeper look and how he's performing. And there's more we definitely need to discuss about the core web vitals, but that's the general um, situation at the moment, that um, people are a little bit more hectic <laughs> than they used to be. I think everybody's trying to understand what the scores mean. There's also a question of prioritization. You've been working on some analysis. We mentioned a study that you're doing the last time we got together. Give us an overview of what you've been studying. Yes. I mean, when you talk about the Core Web Vitals, the first thing that always comes to people's mind are just these three metrics, like largest content full paint, first input delay and cumulative layout shift. And all of these three metrics have different characteristics because one is more related to speed, the other one is more related to user experience, and the other one is more related to um, like how long a user might need to wait until some input is possible. But actually, there, there are more metrics behind. So in the end, Google is giving you a pretty large set of metrics. Some of them are more meaningful, like what's the first contentful paint, not the largest one, or what's the time to interactive? So how fast is the user able to actually really use the website? Or there are a lot of informative metrics that Google is giving out, like how much potential savings you could have with are your images if you compress your images with a, a modern image compression um, algorithm or how much um, like JavaScript you're not using. That means you have a lot of bloat and what potentially you could remove and how much time you can save. So in the end, there's a pretty large uh, bunch of different metrics. And in our study, coming back to the study, we used a couple million URLs in total and we correlated the metrics per URL with the rankings of these URLs. And then we were able to see if uh, for certain keywords or certain industries, some of these metrics are already kind of like a pretty good indicator of a website performance and a good ranking. And that's kind of like the foundation of the study. There's much more to it and we will discuss it in, in the podcast, but that's actually the quick explanation of the study. So my takeaway is that the study that you've been doing is looking at a, a large set of data trying to understand how the three primary core web vitals are affecting companies, not only from a sort of URL and domain basis, but also from an industry perspective. You're essentially setting some benchmarks across multiple industries in the pre-launch time frame is the idea here that you'll be able to go back after core web vitals has rolled out and then compare what the change is to understand the impact of core web vitals correct yes i mean there are so many questions we had i mean first of course is we needed to collect evidence now that like you said when google is releasing their page experience update we can compare the status quo and see the differences so that that helps us to understand first maybe which metric or on which scale a metric has been utilized by Google to change or to adjust their, their ranking algorithm. So that's important for us. But also we wanted to understand how many pages actually pass Google's benchmarks at the moment. Because Google is giving out benchmarks, it's not just that you get a metric. Google is also uh, giving a recommendation. And some of these recommendations are 
actually very hard to achieve and some of them are actually quite easy and we were super curious how many pages actually pass or fail and that's pretty interesting as well as in the us let's say on, on most metrics more than 50 percent of pages they fail or do not pass google's benchmarks yet which is pretty interesting in germany it's look, it looks a little bit better that uh, like only one third, like 33% of pages uh, do not pass on some metrics. And it's, it's pretty interesting to see because if that's such a large amount of pages not passing the benchmarks yet, and of course, there's some scale to it, right? If you if Google's recommendation is like 2,500 milliseconds for the largest content full paint, if you are at 5,000 or like 2,600 or like 7,000, it's a very different kind of like deviation from Google's benchmark, but that, that's a anyway pretty interesting and and what we also have seen in, in different industries you also have different averages because in like if you go to news that's one of the segments we analyze news pages are actually long there's a lot of content they're very bloated because news pages they use a lot of ad tags like for their advertisements on the page they often have like a, a video that has a pre-roll ad with autoplay so that means that there's a lot of like network payload produced when the user goes to the page first so there's so many things that it's super exciting to see the current state of quo of like website performance in general and uh, where for example also like patterns so we have seen that for example like with the generic content management systems like uh, wordpress that like the default template of wordpress is actually quite slow and not passing most of the benchmarks that, that google is giving out which is interesting right i mean it's like a platform that can do it all it's, it's especially a platform that's heavily influenced by plugins and add-ons right you can plug um, something in to i don't know have a better um, editor you can plug something in to have like ads immediately within uh, wordpress etc but all these like plugins they create more bloat which makes the page uh, even slower it's it's a pretty interesting phenomenon right now because we have kind of like a situation where engineers they really try to bake in everything they can to make it easy to use but everything is already there that means there's a lot of bloat like a lot of stuff that's not even used and at the same time google is trying to evangelize engineers and marketers to use these metrics to actually really make the pages faster so it's a pretty interesting challenge yeah there's a there definitely seems like there's a kind of a chicken or the egg problem do you build a website that has or, you know, do you use a platform that has all of the potential features that you could use, which means that it's got, you know, potential longer page load times and they're more complex? Or do you do something that's streamlined, that is less feature rich and therefore more streamlined? And it seems like Google is trying to kind of push the world towards a more streamlined web experience. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help. And you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. 
Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Now, you mentioned the the benchmarks, uh, you know, for LCP, a couple hundred milliseconds was the benchmark and only 50% of the websites that you surveyed are hitting that mark. What are some of the other benchmarks? And did you see that websites are more successful hitting, you know, one benchmark as opposed to the other? Yes. Yeah, that's a good question. Definitely. So let's talk about the three core web vitals, the ones that, that people always have in their head. The first one you just mentioned is largest contentful paint. That means how fast is uh, the biggest element above the fold loaded that the, the user actually sees what this page is about. And this is where it's at the moment 52% in the US not hitting the benchmark of uh, 2.5 seconds, uh, which is interesting. The next one is cumulative layout shift. So that means how many elements on a page are still moving like when the page is already loaded so that that means it's especially annoying for a user right you go on a page and you see like i don't know like an image you want to click the image and out of a sudden the images drops to the bottom because there's some like dynamic ad loaded exactly in that place where you wanted to make a click and out of the sudden by accident you click the ad that i mean that's something that happens to me let's say every day and here is interesting, 95.7% of all pages in the US do not pass Google's benchmark. So Google, for cumulative layout shift, they have two benchmarks. There's, there's one, it's 0.1. If you are below, you're actually pretty good. If that means almost nothing is moving anymore on your page, that is an index value. The index value is not uh, normed between 0 and 1. It's actually like it can go beyond 1. And the other benchmark is 0.25, which means everything above 0.25 is actually pretty bad and needs improvement. And this is the 95.7%. And this is really interesting. So rarely is anyone passing the cumulative layout shift benchmark. Rarely. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And then the third one, the third core web vital is first input delay. But the problem is... This is not measurable with the lab data. So we used a lab data. That means uh, Google's API to aggregate these numbers. So instead of first input delay, we're using total blocking time, which is a proxy. And Google recommends to use this instead of uh, FID because with FID, you need actually field data. And with total blocking time, Google's recommendation is 300 milliseconds. And here we have 53% of pages not passing this benchmark which is interesting as well. So it seems like two out of the three benchmarks are being passed by about 50% of the websites that you studied. And then you have your cumulative layout shift with virtually no one is passing Google's benchmarks. Yes. Now, knowing that you've seen this metric, and I'm going to ask you to look into your crystal ball, you know, I understand that you can't mm-hmm. dictate what Google is going to do. Do you think that these benchmarks will change knowing that so many websites are not meeting the benchmarks or is the SEO community going to rally or the platforms going to change to make sure that sort of at a macro level, all websites start to function the way that Google wants them to? Yeah, that's a, I mean, there is a guess and there is something that's more related to interviews I was making. So my guess is, that Google is not using their own benchmarks 
to as a th threshold to say everybody above will probably get a problem. Google is, is more likely kind of like going from top down, like who's actually super bad. And in a situation where you have comparable content, this page is actually pretty bad. This is going to get a worse ranking than it used to be. So Google is not saying like a binary thing, like everything above or below benchmarks. Google is going to have this top-down approach and is really filtering out like the bad ones from the good ones. But, and this is now the other thing, I've talked to many people and at the moment there's some kind of wait and see situation. So people know about the Core Web Vital update. They know that pretty often they're not passing the benchmarks, I mean, especially if you're a large brand, they have sometimes they feel that their hands are tied behind their back because engineering is busy. There are not enough resources and lack of focus on getting things done. I was talking to an engineering team last week and they said, yeah, look, I mean, we know it's important, but we don't know what the impact will be. So we will wait. And if we will lose rankings, we will do something, right? It's it's pretty interesting dynamic. So that and Danny Sullivan, I think three, four weeks ago said, do not expect that this update will hit hard in May, but it will an incremental will be an incremental improvement over time that maybe the thresholds or whatever Google is, is using is going to be improved over time. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense that Google is not just going to take 50% of the websites available or 97% in some cases and downgrade them. You can't downgrade everyone in search results. Then yes. you can't move everyone down a shift and leave the top spaces open. So this is going to have to be sort of a, just like everything else in SEO, a zero-sum game where some websites that have poorly performing metrics across the board are going to suffer, and some of them who are just a little bit better than their competition, even though everyone is below Google's benchmarks, might succeed. There's a lot more to dig into when we talk about prioritization and the specific impacts on industries. So we're going to continue this conversation with Marcus tomorrow and talk about how you could think about prioritizing your core web vital optimization efforts. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Marcus Tober, founder and chief evangelist at Searchmetrics. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, we're going to talk about core web vital prioritization. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to get in touch with Marcus, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Marcus Tober, M-A-R-C-U-S-T-O-B-E-R. -E or you could visit his company's website, which is searchmetrics.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. 
Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, just head over to VoicesOfSearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions, and you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, and my personal handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. 